Alright guys, who's excited? Who's excited for one more one more night on this topic? Who's excited to just be done with it and have it over with? Lalo? Okay. Me. You too? Yeah. You haven't even been here for like most of it. I wasn't here like last month. Attendance has been pretty good. Pretty good for this series. Um, and I really appreciate it. Last time you guys, uh, I had asked for you guys to kind of, uh, be a little more attentive, to stay off your phones and to, to pay attention, and, and that was awesome. That was nice. You guys were really focused, and I appreciate it. Um, so tonight, like Emily said, we're doing the last night of our teaching on sex, dating, and marriage. Um, for those of you guys who have not been here for the majority of the series, we talked a lot about marriage and dating in the beginning. We've kind of left the best for last. We talked about sex last week, and we're going to go a little bit more in-depth tonight about sex. Um, and and I'm going to do my best, guys. I know that we have a variety of age groups here. We have a variety of uh, experience levels. We have, a, we have obviously boys and girls in the same room. I'm going to do my best to uh, not make you guys uncomfortable, but um, I, I want you guys to know that sex is not a topic that should be off limits. It's not a topic in the church that should be um, difficult to talk about, and it's not a topic that should be hidden, right? Because God created sex. He created it as a gift for us, uh, for man and woman in marriage, and so we're going to talk about it openly. Um, because I think the enemy likes to do a lot of things in the darkness, and if we talk about things openly, then it gives uh, less opportunity for the enemy to to move, right? So let's pray, and then we'll jump into the, the topic tonight. Father, I thank you for this, this night, Lord. I thank you for each and every young person listening and paying attention and not talking to their neighbor. Uh, Father, I thank you <clears throat> for this word, Lord. I ask that you would just deliver it uh, with power, that it would... Um, that it would sink into the hearts uh, of each and every one of us, Lord. Um, that your word would minister to us, Lord. That your revelation would bring um, new behaviors, Lord. New new attitudes, new new postures of our heart towards you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so I want to I start out by asking you guys a simple question. Um, I want to ask you guys, how many of you feel... Uh, invincible. Anyone in this, anyone in here, kind of have a feeling uh, at this age of your life that you feel uh, kind of invincible, meaning that nothing bad can happen to you, right? Does anyone have that feeling? It's okay if you don't. But I remember at your age, uh, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older for some of you guys, I felt invincible, right? So I kind of felt like no matter what really happened. Um, nothing bad could happen to me, right? I remember feeling like, um, you know, if I did something wrong um, because I love the Lord, uh, there would be no consequences or, you know, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't turn out bad for me. Uh, does anyone uh, resonate with that feeling of feeling invincible? Yeah? yeah. A little yeah, bit? A little bit? I used to. Yeah, yeah, when I was younger. When I was younger, and, and honestly, it, 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 I think it's a feeling that comes for a lot of people from uh, growing up in a safe environment or a, an environment that you you really don't have to worry about too much in life. 
but some of you guys have been through much more at a younger age, and so maybe that feeling of invincibility uh, doesn't really uh, apply or you don't really connect with that. That's okay. So tonight we're going to be talking about sex. We're also talking about pornography and masturbation. So these, uh, these are topics that um, I want you guys to know do have consequences. Even if you have that, that feeling of invincibility, that feeling like nothing bad can happen to you, uh, I want to just come straight out in the beginning and let you know these topics, the things that we're talking about, do have consequences. Okay? So if you guys remember in our first uh, week, uh, I talked about... Uh, <laughs> I talked about the designs, the kingdom designs, uh, God's design for marriage, right? And I talked about our future and how God gives us instructions. He gives us an instruction manual for how we can build our future in marriage, okay? And so what I want uh, to talk to you guys tonight about is how the decisions that we're making are building the future that we're going to have, Okay. So I remember just just recently, some of you guys know we just moved into a new house. Um, we were shopping for furniture, shopping. We do a lot of like research before we buy something, right? Anyone else like that? Like you want to make sure you get the right thing because especially if you're gonna buy something nice, you want to make sure that you get something that's gonna last or something that you're gonna like. And so I'm like that. I like to do a lot of research. And we were researching couches in particular. We wanted a nice couch for the living room. And uh, I found one couch that I really liked. It was a leather couch, and it was a good price for what the price range that we had. And it was beautiful, beautiful leather couch. Uh, and I was like, for sure, we're going to get this one. I haven't seen anything at this price level. I haven't seen anything in this style, uh, real leather. Uh, so it has to be this one, right? And so... And so... <laughs> I I was like ready to buy, right? I was ready to click. And I was I thought, well, let me just check the reviews really quick before I make this purchase. Uh, everything looks good on the surface, but I want to make sure. So as I scrolled down, you know, on the website I looked, and almost every review said the same thing. It said, beautiful couch, I loved it. I was so surprised to find it in this price, you know, in this style, real leather. But as soon as I sat on the couch, it broke. Or, or literally, review after review said, I'm not a heavy man, but as soon as I sat on the couch, I sat in the center and it broke. And, you know, I, I saw the same story over and over on this couch. And I was so disappointed. And they said, the, the bars underneath are not well supported. It's not well built. So, so everyone was saying, I recommend you don't buy this couch. It's not going to last. It looks nice, but it's not going to last. Just for looks. Just for looks, yeah. And so I wonder for you guys tonight, how many of you are thinking about how to build a future that lasts? I know in our society, obviously, there's so much about looks, right? There's so much about things looking nice on the outside. On this topic, obviously, we're talking about dating and marriage. Some of you guys might be thinking uh, you just want to have the just most flyest chick, you just want the, the hottest girl, or the, the cutest guy, the most romantic guy, the most fashionable guy, the most, where's Kelly, the most fit guy. Thank you, everyone. What's a beer? What's a beer? 
with the beard, right? You want the guy with the the right taste, the right he says the right things, he acts the right way, or you want a girl that dresses the right way, she has the right interests, she's everything put together, right? I'm wondering for you guys tonight, how many of you are thinking about building a future that will last, right? Not just something that looks good in the right price. Uh, maybe someone who's in your what? How do they say it? Like in your class or in your in your league? Yeah. How many of you guys want to punch up a, a league and go just a little bit higher and get someone out of your league like I did, Emily? So, so we're talking tonight about building our future, building our future. And if you guys remember, um, I think it was also in my first teaching, I'll do a little bit of a review, but I talked about desire. I talked about how sex, dating, marriage, it all comes down to this issue of desire, right? And for, for some of you guys in this age group, you guys are dealing with a new desire that you maybe didn't have before. As you grow into puberty, as you grow into uh, fully uh, developed men and women, you, you are growing into a new desire that maybe you didn't have before. And we talked about this window of time, right? So there's a window between how, however old you are now and however old you're going to be when you get married. And, and there's a window of this desire that you have that you can't really do anything with, right? You might have um, this desire to, oops, sorry, this desire to. Oh, I said sorry. I, 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 I so get you, Jose. Hey, Jose, come on in, man. Grab a seat. Welcome. We are uh, just we just got started. We are um, on the fifth and final teaching for our sex, dating, and marriage series. And um, so I'm talking to you guys about uh, desire, right? I'm talking to you about uh, how to handle. Um, you know, this, this new uh, feeling, this new urge that you might have, and you don't know what to do with it, right? So at the same time, in the same window of time in your life, which is a time when you're growing and changing a lot, uh, there's a lot of uh, growing pains. Some of it can be growing pains for you guys in this, in this age. Some of it is also um, just the, the wounds and the hardship of life. Like I said, some of you guys have been through a lot of difficult stuff at a really young age. And so you're also dealing with the wounds that come with all of that. You know, some of you grew up without a dad like me. Some of you grew up without a mom. Or you had dads or moms that were present but not available. Present but not attentive. Uh, you have uh, maybe parents who are too busy or, or you know, too stressed. Some of you guys uh, struggle with feeling insecure, right? You're growing, you're changing, you're trying to figure out who you are, who you're going to be. Uh, some of you guys uh, struggle with low self-esteem, not really sure what you're worth or if you're worth uh, as much as other people, if you're smart enough, if you're good enough, if you're good-looking enough. 
there's all these difficulties, all these challenges that you guys are facing at this time, and you're also in this window of the the desire, right? And the, there's not much you can do with it. So so I'm, I want to kind of face head on the issue, which is where do you turn? Where do you turn? For some of you guys, pornography, masturbation, or sex with uh, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or just some random person at this age, uh, maybe for some of you guys that feels like a good outlet or a good band-aid uh, for the difficulties that you're facing. Uh, maybe the loneliness or, like I said, insecurity, um, you know, that feeling of rejection or abandonment, uh, those deep wounds that you carry. Some of you guys, like I said, I know there's a variety of experience in here. Some of you guys, it's be, it's be, uh, beyond what you're thinking about, but maybe you're approaching that time in your life. And um, I want to warn you guys that you may be seeing these things, pornography, masturbation, sex, as a band-aid, right? As the, the perfect fit, the perfect band-aid uh, for the wound that you're carrying. Uh, I remember being your age. I remember dealing with a, a sense of rejection that was so strong that I could feel it in my body. And I, some of you guys may be like me, that if you feel something emotionally, you also feel it physically, Right, and it's like a, a pain that's so real. It's not just something on the surface. It's not just something kind of you know light. It's something so heavy uh, to some of you guys. And and I just wonder if you're feeling like um, these things, sex outside of marriage, sex in this window of time, either masturbation or with someone else. If you're feeling like that is the solution to your problem. I think the the uh, the design of the enemy, the plan of the enemy against you guys at this age is to keep you focused on what you need, right? To keep you focused on what you don't have, the wounds that you have, uh, the things that maybe he's stolen from you or stolen from your parents, which as a result have stolen from you. The, the enemy wants to keep you guys focused on the things that you need. But I want to take a second tonight to focus on the things that you guys do have. It's important to remember in this time when you're suffering, when you're in pain, that you're not made up only of this wound. That's not your identity. That's not your your permanent uh, condition. You, you also have things that you possess, not only needs. right? So we know that you are all made in the image of Christ. So you bear the image of Christ. You have value. You have worth. You all have a purpose, a destiny, a calling. You all have inheritance. You have the promises of God. You have the power of the kingdom of God. All of those things belong to you, and they belong to you forever. So you may feel like in this time that those things aren't for you, right? You may feel like in this time you have... Uh, just an overwhelming sense of lack. And I skipped this part in my notes, but I want to go back. And uh, some of you guys are feeling uh, a lack of your basic needs. If you want to write these down, the basic needs are the need to be loved, uh, the need to be known, the need to be accepted or belong, and the need to be safe. 
Again? <laughs> the need to be loved. The need to be known. The need to be accepted or belong. And the need to be safe. <laughs> to be accepted or to belong. You're writing with a Here. <laughs> Help me, Lord. <laughs> Alright, let's not get too distracted, guys. Just write it down and we'll keep moving. Can you put your leg down, please? Sorry. Thanks. Basic manners. I've been stretched all day, basically. Okay. So some of you guys are feeling the, the pinch, the sting of these needs, uh, the lack of having these needs fulfilled in your life, maybe by parents, by friends, um, the relationships that you have maybe are not fulfilling these needs that you have. And I want to um, remind you again that this is not your permanent uh, circumstance. This is not permanent uh, to your identity that these things will change. And I think that the enemy tries to make you feel like this is hopeless, right? I remember when I was your age, I felt like this overwhelming sense of rejection that I had from the way that I grew up. I thought that was just my life. I thought that was going to be it for me for the rest of my life. I didn't know that there was such thing as healing. I didn't know there was a such thing as restoration. I just, the enemy had me so convinced that that I was always going to bear that pain and that I needed to find something to fill it up. So so we're talking about our decisions, right? We're talking about the things that we're building in our lives. A couple weeks ago, I talked about habits, right? How habits form a certain percentage of our, our life. They take us, I think, I don't remember the statistic. It was like 60% of your life is determined by the habits that you have. So if you guys have habits of um, staying up late and, and being on your phone and going on websites you know you shouldn't be going on, or for staying up late and, and talking to people, conversations you know you shouldn't be having with people, um, if you guys have a habit of sneaking out of the house and you know spending the night at some boy's house or some girl's house, uh, these habits are building your future. Right, and I think for you guys, it's hard to grasp. Um, it's hard to grasp what does that future look like? What is that future gonna look like if uh, if you continue down that path? I know, you know, it's hard to to not just live in the now because you guys can see what's in front of you. You can see your friends, how they're living. Maybe you know, you see your your friend, she's got a boyfriend, or you see your friend, he's got a girlfriend, and things look cool. It looks cool to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend to, to play house, to, you know, to do, yeah, to do the, the things that married people should be doing, right? It, it might look uh, interesting to you. It might look uh, appealing to you because of the wounds, because of the Band-Aid, right? Um, but I want to paint for you guys a picture of, of what this path can look like, particularly in the, in the case of uh, pornography, masturbation, sex before marriage is... Uh, I want to just paint this picture for you guys. Excuse me. <laughs> so, 
uh, maybe just close your eyes. I'm going to try, try this. We'll see um, how it goes. Well, you guys just close your eyes. Um, I want you to picture yourself. I want you to picture yourself later on in life. Maybe you are a um, college graduate. Maybe you're just a little bit older than you are now. Uh, I want to imagine yourself uh, with that person um, that you that you have decided to marry. It could be someone that you you think you're going to marry, or just someone completely completely a fantasy person, right? Just the ideal person, the person that you would love to be with, right? You guys have just planned your wedding. Um, rather, you've just gotten married, so you've been on this journey for a year of planning your wedding. Um, you know, you just had the ceremony, you just had the honeymoon, and now you're back in your new cute little apartment, your little newlywed apartment, or your newlywed house, right? And, and the, the things, the excitement of life, the, the romance of life is kind of starting to settle down. Maybe you guys have been there for a year, maybe two years, right? And things are settling into kind of a, the routine of life, the, the stability of life. You're transitioning from um, a time of, of new beginnings into the time of uh, kind of starting to look down um, what your future is going to look like. And you, you know, let's say you, you have spent the, the night with your husband or your wife, a night of lovemaking, and, and you, you sit on the bed, and you, you roll over, and your husband asks you or your wife asks you, how was it? How was it? Keep your eyes closed. How was it? Terrible. <laughs> don't break the moment. Your husband or your wife roll over and they ask you, how was it, right? And for, for the guys, maybe she says, uh, it was good. It was good. And for the girls, he says, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. And you know that something's wrong, right? You know that something's not quite right. Something isn't clicking. Something's not clicking. Something's not working. And, and it's been a while now, right? You guys have been married for a couple of years. It's been a while, but something's not working. And, and maybe for the girls, you know, you, you, you recognize that uh, your husband was not really there with you in, in the, the bed, in the marriage bed. Maybe you notice that he seemed distracted, that he seemed uh, um, kind of distant, that he seemed disconnected. And, and for, for the guys, maybe you notice that your wife was um, a little bit hurt, a little bit um, um, uh, not able to be vulnerable. She was being a little private. She was being a little bit withholding, all right? Maybe for the girls, you notice um, that the guy was a little bit selfish, that he was a little bit um, um, self-centered. And, and girls, maybe you no- or, or guys, maybe you notice that... Uh, the girl wasn't meeting your, your expectations. She wasn't really living up to what you thought um, this experience was going to be like. Um, there's a lot of different ways that this experience can play out. There's a lot of ways that uh, it can be disappointing for both sides of the picture. And as you guys sit and, and go your separate ways and... And, and you're kind of in your thoughts, you think to yourself, 
uh, is this going to change? How, how am I going to change this? Because the guy, he, he maybe he's worried about the fact that, you know, he, he, he's looking for an opportunity to go sneak away and, and maybe get on the Internet and, and look at the things that he's been pleased by his whole life, right? And maybe the girl uh, is, is looking for an opportunity to get away and just, you know, gossip with her friends because she's frustrated because she doesn't understand why she can't connect with her husband, right? And as you, you go your separate ways and you go maybe throughout your day, you recognize that this is not only for, for this time, this is not only for this year, but this is something that you've promised to be involved in for the rest of your life. This is a commitment that you've made for the rest of your life. And you don't know how you're going to fix this problem. And you don't know how it's going to change, but you know that you're frustrated. And you know that you're disappointed. Right? And you know that it's not what you had hoped it would be. You guys can open your eyes. So, I apologize if that was awkward for some of you guys. I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture for you of putting you in the place of recognizing where the rubber meets the road for the actions that you're taking now. Some of you guys uh, might just feel like it's a, like a victimless crime, right? So so what if I want to watch porn? It's not hurting anybody. It's what I like. I'm not dating anyone. I'm not married. Who cares, right? Or who, who cares if you want to sleep around? It's not hurting anybody. You're not cheating on anybody. But the fact is, in the scenario I painted for you guys with the marriage, the reason things are not working is because the thing that you use as a band-aid, right, in your youth, the thing that you use as a band-aid to, to hold yourself together through the pain, uh, through the trauma that you're experiencing, through the disappointment, um, it was actually supposed to be used as cement. God says that marriage is a gift to the man and the woman in marriage. Uh, did I say that right? That sex is a gift to the man and woman in marriage because it's a weapon. Uh, sex is a weapon to be uh, to, to be used in spiritual warfare with your husband or your wife, right? It's something that's supposed to hold you together in the most difficult times to, to maintain your unity, to maintain your intimacy, to maintain your connection. Uh, even when everything else is going wrong, you're supposed to be able to feel safe, right, with your husband or your wife. When everything, when you're feeling insecure, or when you're feeling your low self-esteem, or you're feeling rejected, or you're feeling abandoned, you're supposed to be able to meet all of your needs in your wife or your husband in this act of sex. It's, it's supposed to be a cement. It's not supposed to be a band-aid. Why do you think those five needs, or those four needs, uh, are so... Um, or why do you think sex gets into those needs so badly? It's because sex meets those needs. It says the need to be loved, the need to be known, the need to be accepted, and the need to be safe. Sex meets all those needs in marriage. But if you try to meet those needs outside of marriage, it's just like using a, a Band-Aid. And, and you're just putting the Band-Aid on, on and ripping it off. Putting it on and ripping it off. 
putting it on and ripping it off when really God designed it to be something that comes together and never separates. The Bible says what uh, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And I believe he's talking about marriage and he's also talking about sex. I asked you guys at the beginning of the teaching um, if any of you felt invincible um, and and really it was because at your age I felt invincible. Uh, I've never broken a bone in my body. Uh, I've broken the law a lot of times, but I've never been to jail, even though I should have gone to jail. Uh, I've never, um, I, all through high school, even up through high school, I had lived a crazy life. I had lived like really kind of, there's different parts of my story that tell a different story, right? But if you look at the big picture, I was living kind of crazy, living kind of out there. Uh, risky, risky. But I never got caught. I never got caught doing anything. I never really had any consequences. Um, I never really um, had to deal with the fact that I was making really bad choices. And uh, it wasn't until the first time that I had sex, actually, that I realized that um, my whole my whole future, my whole life was on the line. Uh, and I'm not going to go into the details of why? But I'll say this. Um, the the first time I had sex, the night that I lost my virginity, I was uh, the the basically the birth control that I thought was going to be there, that I thought was in place, was not. It was not there. It's not in place. And so uh, after that happened, I came home. I realized what had happened. I realized the risk that I was running. Right? I was running the risk of having, at a young age, uh, a, a son or a daughter. Right, I was running the risk of probably never going to college. I was running the risk of basically having to maybe fi- finish high school or you know, drop out of high school and get a job right away to, to, to take care of this baby. I was running the risk of having to marry or be with or not be with some chick, right, some girl, all of that just for trying to fill that that wound, that wound of rejection that I felt, that I felt was so strong and was so permanent that I thought was never going to leave or never going to change. And I remember the feeling going home, laying in my bed, I don't think there's any fear like the fear of thinking that your life could be over, right? That that I had opened the door so widely to let the enemy come in and steal whatever he wanted from me. Uh, I opened the door and, and I just was at God's mercy, but really I was at the mercy of the enemy, at the, of the mercy of the enemy, of, of hoping that I was still going to have a future at the end of this. And I remember laying in my bed and and just being pale, white, clammy, shaking, so f- afraid I didn't sleep, and and just thinking, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? I, I, I've risked it all. I've, I've, I've lost it all in my mind. And, and obviously, you know, by God's grace, 
there was no baby that came out of that that uh, stupidity, that mistake. Um, you know, but there could have been, there could have been. And I want to give you guys the same uh, the same risk that I ran that night, the same consequences that could have been on my life that night are, are the same risks you run every time that you that you look at pornography, that you guys that you masturbate, that you decide to hook up with somebody. You can either just you can destroy your life with one big mistake or you can destroy your life one small mistake mistake at a time. You're still breaking down your future. You're still stealing from yourself. The Bible says uh, something along the lines of, like, sex is the stupidest sin because you're not only sinning against someone else, you're sinning against yourself, right? You're sinning against yourself. Sex outside of, <coughs> excuse me, sex outside of marriage, not just sex. So I wonder if you guys see the gravity of what you're building with the decisions that you're making if you think it's harmless, if you think it's not going to catch up with you, if you think it's if it's just kind of like, whatever, I'm curious, I want to try this out, you can either open the door wide open, and the enemy will run in, or you can crack the door open and the enemy will sneak in. But either way, you're, you're being stolen from. Sin always results with you being stolen from. You always lose. You always lose. So, Kelly, can you and the worship team come up? you guys tonight um, to to uh, be here with the Lord. Uh, the main thing I want uh, that I feel like the Lord wants to do is to bring healing to some of you guys. Um, like I said, I know there's a different there's different levels of experience in the room tonight. Some of you guys have already uh, gone through similar things that I described. Um, you've gone through um, the fear of feeling like your future could be on the line. Like um, the enemy could just—you're at the mercy of the enemy, right? That he could—he could steal whatever you wanted from you, and there's nothing you could do about it because you—you you sinned, right? You let him do it. Uh, there's other ones of you guys who are—you um, know—maybe, maybe you're more in the category of of being tempted, being tempted with a variety of things. Um, either way, both both people need healing, right? Both people need healing. There's. There's redemption, there's restoration, and there's healing for, for the wounds that we carry that maybe drive us to temptation, looking for the band-aid uh, and looking for, for something to make us feel better. I want to encourage you guys tonight, those that are suffering, um, that suffering in your soul, guys, it's not permanent. It's not permanent. You guys are going to grow, you're going to change. 
you may be in a tight spot now, um, but the Holy Spirit can do a, a, a 180 in your life tonight. He can touch you, and He can heal you exactly where you need to, to be healed. So I want to just invite you guys to, to connect with the Lord tonight, to, to receive from the Lord tonight, and, and to allow Him to heal in whatever area you need.